0: Hey, so I just wanted to say, before the episode starts, that we were experiencing some audio issues. Um, So especially when I'm talking, the audio quality is a little blown out. Um, It's still audible, like you can still understand us, uh, for the most part. But we did want to apologize for that. Thanks again for listening.
1: I mean, first of all, because if there's one thing we know about magic, it's that it's real. Totally. Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Shatter. This is Travis.
0: And this is Victoria.
1: And today, we're talking about
0: S for spells.
1: So, um, you've tuned into the Dungeon Chatter podcast. Well done. Uh, What we do on the Dungeon Chatter podcast is to discuss aspects of RPG design alphabetically. We are creating an RPG as we go, kind of sifting through the rules and taking what survives the wreckage that is known. Wait, the wreckage of the Hack and Slash activity program. (laughs) Yeah. Hack and Slash. Hack and Slash. Uh, and so today, uh, well, yeah, we're talking about spells. Yep. So that's pretty exciting.
0: I'm very excited about this. I've been waiting for spells.
1: Yeah, I think initially we thought about maybe doing it in M for magic, mm-hmm. um, and we realized, wow, magic systems are very difficult to uh, devise, so we had to kind of bump it back and take more time. And you'll see why. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see sort of what the struggle is here. Mm-hmm. Um. So perhaps... We should begin with um, a shout out to our new listener, Lou.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: we're at the stage where uh, we still know when we have new listeners. Yeah, exactly. which is Great. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, Lou, um, you're probably listening soon, uh, or you will be listening at some point. And so, welcome to Dungeon Chatter.
0: Are we gonna give everyone individual call outs as long as we know?
1: And this one's this is your shout out, James. <laughs> michael and rachel this is your shout out
0: matt maybe maybe you (laughs) looked us up who knows uh
1: yeah and maybe some students saw my shirt found it um so let's talk about magic uh i mean first of all because if there's one thing we know about magic it's that it's real totally um and so the thing we actually know about magic is that it's really difficult to do in an rpg um, and let's talk about why that is. Mm-hmm. So do you have any thoughts why magic is so hard?
0: Um, I think it's it probably stems from the fear that it might become really powerful in comparison to other things. Mm-hmm. So people treat it differently so that they can put more limitations on it than they yeah. might, you know, just attacking someone with a sword.
1: Good. hmm yeah, I, I think that there's something to that. Um, there are maybe similar problems for um, super high fantasy. Well, not, that is the problem: super high fantasy, um, super high tech sci-fi games. Yeah. Uh, like where once you develop a certain type of technology, we might just think oh, that's kind of game over. If you have this technology, you win. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go up against anyone who doesn't have it, um, and I think magic can go the same way. Um, it, it's if it's not out of the ordinary, then it's just not magic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I want to sort of explain these three methods quick, um, and maybe we'll talk through how some video games handle it, and uh, we'll go from there. Sounds good. Cool. So um, there are three ways, three general ways that magic is handled in the system. And so right now what we're talking is simply about uh, sort of like where spells come from. Not in the sense of like what is it that powers spells, Um, but what is it that uh, enables a character to cast a spell. So can a character, can this character right now cast a spell? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the three major ways of thinking about that are spell slots, spell points, spell abilities. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, so let's start off with spell slots because um, there's one game I think that really led the way with that sort of approach, and that's the D&D system.
0: Oh, yeah? It started? Or you think they they just popularized it?
1: I I don't know of anyone who did it before D&D, like not advanced Dungeons & Dragons, like back in the 70s, right? Late 70s, -hmm. whatever. Um, So I don't know of anyone who did that prior to them. Uh, And so the way a... I'm going to explain spell slots, and we'll explain it as if um, someone's listening and they have no idea what we're talking about.
0: Sounds good. So the idea
1: is that um, each spell has a kind of difficulty rating, and we'll call that the spell level. And so uh, a spell caster, on any given period of time, typically it's a day, uh, is allowed to cast a certain number of uh, spells from slots. So at first level, this is a pretty famous example, um, a magic user in, say, second edition D&D, AD&D, um, could cast one first-level spell. Mm. Uh, so that means they could cast zero second or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth-level spells, and it means that once they cast their one spell, they're done. Mm. So now they're just um, a lightly armored, um, really weak uh, person who is has, like, fewer hit points than, or about as many hit points as the average human being standing on the streets, right? So utterly unremarkable in just about any way, except they're probably smart. mm um, and so then the, the character advances to level two, and now they have two spell slots. But in D and D, those are both first level slots, so they can cast two of the same spells or one of two different first level spells. Mm-hmm. Then they go to third level, and I think their spell list is now uh, two one. So they get two first level spells and one second level spell. Um, and then that yeah that's it. So they get to cast these three spells. Um, one of them is second level. Um, you can't and you can't play any funny business with the spell slots. Right, So you can't like yeah. cast a lower spell at a higher level or anything like that. In AD&D. In AD&D. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So we'll pause there. Does that idea make sense? That base idea make sense?
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So just in case anyone's confused about like first level spells or second level spells, it's like the idea is that the spells are more powerful as you increase in level. Um, yeah. So just in case anyone was confused about that concept. Yeah.
1: Um, so that's 2nd edition, and then um, as the 3rd, 4th, and 5th edition, there have been some changes to the spell slot approach. Mm-hmm. It's still a spell slot approach, it's just that there are flexibilities, like different ways that you can build in flexibility to the system. So do you want to talk about casting at different levels?
0: Um, yeah, so in 3.5 and 3rd and 5th edition, um, you're allowed to cast lower level spells at higher level slots, Um, And sometimes that increases the power of the spell. So I know, for example, like a famous one is Magic Missile. Um, At first level, it casts like three bolts of magic energy. But if you cast it at like second level, it's an additional bolt. So it's an additional bolt on top of the three that you get at first level for every level higher you cast it at. But a lot of spells don't do that as well. So I think like Disguise Self is second or third level, uh, a second or third level spell. But if you cast it at, like, fifth level, you don't get to increase the potency of your disguise or disguise more people or anything like that. You're. It's mainly, in that case, would just be used if you've used all of the spell slots that you've already, like that you have at that level and you still need to cast it, you would waste a higher spell slot. Um, because it doesn't, like, break down. Like, a ninth level spell doesn't equate to nine first level spells like you can't break it up like that it has to be you're wasting that whole slot which could be used for something really powerful good on a, a lower level spell
1: yeah so i wanted to say two things about this right so two different little wrinkles here so in second edition um, there are some spells that do scale on their own um, mm-hmm. so if you cast uh, magic missile in second edition um, and you this gets a little bit complicated. If you're a first-level spellcaster and you cast a Magic Missile, um, in second edition, you're always casting it as a first-level spell. But you might not be a first-level spellcaster. Mm-hmm. So a first-level um, spellcaster's first-level Magic Missile spell is, shoots out one bolt and it does one die four plus one. Okay, so two to five damage. Um, a third-level spellcaster casts it as a first-level spell and it does two bolts. Mm-hmm. so two to five twice um and that goes at, at thir- level one three five seven nine so uh, as at caster level uh, so as you as a caster increase to level nine the spell itself increases increases so you never have to cast it on a higher level spell it just gets more powerful mm-hmm. and there are a lot of spells that do that in D and most of the offensive spells and, and some of the curing spells do something like that so the offensive spells like fireball when you first get it, you're a fifth-level caster. It's a third-level spell. It does five die six, so five to thirty damage. Um, but you can that spell continues to increase as your caster level increases up to tenth level. When you cast it at ten die six, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever ten to sixty. Um, and so you're saying that it, it's there's a wrinkle that's different in mm-hmm. um, three, three and a half, five, which mm-hmm. is you can ca- there are certain spells that can just be cast at a higher level and they give you extra cool bonuses.
0: Yeah. And I think, I don't know, we haven't talked about cantrips yet, but I'm pretty sure we've mentioned them on the show before, but D&D has cantrips that are like that, mm-hmm. where if you have the cantrip at a lower level, it's weaker, but at certain levels, like, the power mm-hmm. of that cantrip will increase, but it's still a cantrip. Um, and for those of you who don't know, cantrips are like, D&D calls them zero-level spells. So there are spells that um, don't use spell slots, so you can do them as many times as you want in a day. Um, but they're generally pretty weak. Uh, is the sort of trade off. It's the idea is that they're so easy that um, like it doesn't take anything away from the the spellcaster to to cast those spells.
1: Yeah. So um, and this is terminology that's now specific to I don't know what edition that started in three and a half or four.
0: Maybe. Um. I don't know.
1: So I, in third edition know. there were zero level spells. Um. And, uh. Now and the and the, you still had spell slots for them. Mm-hmm uh now a cantrip is yeah just a spell you can cast as many times as you want at zero level i think it's considered mm-hmm. um but cantrip used to be a first level spell a specific first level spell in D so things have that terminology might be confusing to Well, maybe not, right? So if someone was playing second edition, they probably, eh, maybe not, but they the grizzled vet uh, might have, be accustomed to like first or second edition rules and now there are new rules. So we'll just kind of, we'll just be clear about what we mean when we say cantrip. I'll just call them zero level spells. Um, and then you can call them cantrips. Uh, Yeah,
0: I'll probably call them cantrips. (laughs)
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, good. And you covered the other interesting piece here, which is like why would you ever cast a spell at a higher level um, if it doesn't give you any additional awesome goodness, and it's just uh, might be convenient because it's the only spell slot you have left and you need something. Mm -hmm. So if you have um, a fourth-level spell slot left and you've cast your fly spell for the day so you can't fly anymore, um, then you cast it at a fourth level spell, and you're like, well, I, I burned a four level level four spell, but presumably to save your life or something. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, so uh, that was good. So those are spell slots. Um, do you want to talk about pros and cons now?
0: Pros and cons, uh, Just spell the, uh, slots? Yeah,
1: having spell slots in games.
0: Uh, why don't we give them all of the options okay. so that way we can compare them to each other. Cool.
1: Um, so the next system is spell points. Um, and so if you play a game like... Oh, Sorry, spell levels on a famous um, RPG uh, video game is like the Might and Magic system. Um, And Might and Magic even has a famous spell in there that is one of those spells that, as your level increases, the spell becomes more powerful. And it's called uh, Power Cure. Uh, So I think it heals like 1-6 damage, but as your level increases, um, you don't have to cast it at a higher level, you still cast it at first level. uh, But your caster level... This is so complicated, right? So yeah. the spell level versus the castle level. The spell level always remains level 1. Caster level increases up to 200. So when you cast a power cure at level 200, it does 200 times 1 die 6 to heal people.
0: Holy shit.
1: It just takes a bunch of gems to cast, so it makes sense less sense to use that later on. So
0: the cost increases too with uh Yeah, level. just not in
1: terms of... Yeah, it's complicated. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> This is why magic is difficult, right? Yeah. So, in trying to come up with nuance, system nuance, which is something we'll talk about, um, yeah, it gets complicated. Yeah. All right. So, spell points. Um, this is where you just have a pool of points, and you cast spells from that pool. And depending how powerful the spell is, uh, you have to use a certain number of points. And if you've played games like uh, just about any rpg any um video game that has like normally like a blue bar for mana or magic points mm-hmm. um you as long as there as there are points in there enough for you to cast the spell you cast the spell and then the mana is depleted and then it kind of recovers over time or whatever those are spell points right yeah. so it's the same idea um and so you can do them as number i take it you have to do them as numbers i don't know how else you would do them but maybe not
0: you do them as numbers.
1: Spell, like, uh, every spell costs a certain number of points. Oh,
0: I see. Yeah. I so see. you
1: need some kind of metric to make sense of what's going on.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker had a metric. I don't know if there were numbers associated with it. But the, the video
0: game. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The longer you held the button, the more magic you would spend to do stuff. I take it there was a point conversion in there somewhere. So um, what's the game that we talk about a lot? People, I always play by crouching around and going around and... Shooting stuff. Um, it's
0: Skyrim. Yeah,
1: so Skyrim. Right, yeah. so Skyrim is a
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a point-based game.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Final Fantasy games also use mana specifically. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah. An MP, mana points, magic points, all those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you know games that do that, it's probably the same kind. It's probably a point system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, the tabletop RPG that I think did this very well. The first one was uh, Merp and Rollmaster. So Merp laid out rules where spells had levels. Mm-hmm. And in order to cast a spell, um, you had to have that many spell points. Uh, and so if you cast a first-level spell, it's one spell point. If you cast a tenth-level spell, it's ten spell points. Um, and so your idea from earlier that, like, look, in d and a level nine spell is not equivalent to nine level one spells. No, it's not even close, right? Yeah. Um, so level nine spells had better be much more powerful. That's just the way that system works. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the interesting things about Merp is that I mean, a, ten, a level ten spell was relatively powerful, but not kind of dominating in the way that D and D spells were. And Rollmaster <laughs> tried to. I think <laughs> rollmaster always did some interesting stuff, uh, which tended to be. We'll just take this really complex game and make it more complex yeah. uh, and so you um there are like level i think up to level 50 spells oh. uh in Rollmaster. um and so a, a level 50 spell probably is 50 mm-hmm. times more powerful uh, than a level one spell uh, and again to, in order to cast a spell in Rollmaster, you have to have that many spell points so a level 50 spell is 50 spell points mm-hmm. um yeah um and rollmaster allows you to uh, oh so we'll s- stop there right so mm-hmm. um and then the idea would be you cast spells um and that depletes a number of spell points and then you recover spell points in some way or other maybe kind of like taking a nap or drinking a potion or um meditating
0: yeah i know in dnd there's some spellcasters can meditate to get spell points back i think um in dnd sorcerers have something like spell points but it, it converts also to their spell slots like they can use spell points to get back spell slots or something mm, like that i don't know the sorcerer in D anD D 5e very well yeah but yeah, i know yeah. in fifth edition there's something named spell points interesting yeah
1: yeah well there you go yeah but yeah and and by the way yeah so these systems don't have to be standalone they can be converted in some ways and i think um once I lay out the next one, you'll see that they've been combined often in D D, right? So even if spell slots with spell points is new in D D, um, spell points and spell abilities is not. So mm-hmm. and they call them in D D spell like abilities back in the day. But they're just spell abilities, right? Mm-hmm. So um, okay, so one of the rin- interesting wrinkles about spell points is that typically systems allow you to pump extra points into a spell to make it more powerful. So kind of like casting a spell at a higher level mm-hmm. um, from a higher level slot, for instance. Um, if you are... I think the rule in Rollmaster was you couldn't put more points into a spell than your level was. Uh, but you could cast a level 1 spell by, at... Fifty, like fifty times more powerful, by pumping fifty extra points into, or forty-nine extra points into it, and then it becomes an interesting question: which is more powerful, the level fifty spell or the fifty times more powerful level one spell?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I'll have to look into that. And see. Yeah,
0: it sounds to me just from what I know of D and D, like multipliers on top of smaller spells sometimes tend to be yeah. more powerful than. Yeah. Yeah, especially, well, this is D&D specific, but I know later level spells tend to be save or die kind of spells. Like, they'll mm. they'll do a, a lot of damage if they don't make the save, but if they save, then it's a useless spell. So I know that there are a lot of spells like that.
1: If they make the save, it's a useless spell? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know on, yeah, I don't know the system, but I know a lot of, you know, save for half, save for whatever. Mm. Those, those are possibilities. Um and Howard, all that, kill. and all that means, by the way, when we say, how, what what were you saying?" S- save or die. So this just means these are um, saving throws or resistance rolls, which is just when someone hits you with a spell, um, when you suffer, when you are threatened with certain kind of attacks, like um, someone, yeah, tries to dominate you or something like that. You get to make a resistance roll or a saving throw uh, to see if it really like affects you full on. Uh, you can get like a partial save if we say save for half. That does half damage or half mm-hmm. effect. Um, and then um, save to resist. And then if you resist, then it doesn't affect you at all. So those and that tends to be about it. Three possibilities: yeah. full effect, moderate, midpoint effect, uh, no effect. There are some special abilities that I don't know. Like you automatically take only half damage, and if you save, you take quarter damage. If you're super elusive, I don't know. Rogues have some kind of dodging uh, ability. I don't yeah, know what that yeah. one's called. Uh, uncanny dodge. Unkenny dodge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay, good.
0: I think so. Cool.
1: Um, All right, and then spell abilities. Um, This is just where uh, you have an ability. I I like to think about this like hacking, right? So um, hacking is a a cool skill. Mm -hmm. Um, And so imagine that you're like dude, can you hack this door for you for us? And you're like, no, I can't. I just hacked three times earlier, yeah. right? And I'm done for the day. I don't have
0: any hacking slots <laughs> left.
1: Or can you translate for us? No. You know, I ooh, I yeah. read a level 20 text, and now I don't know how to translate that language again. But after I take a nap, I'll uh. <laughs> yeah. um, And there's something to that. Like, I get it that you could be so... Um, you know, shocked, like your system could be so shocked from doing difficult mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm not saying that there's nothing there, uh, but just this bizarre ability that um, like, yeah, you have, hey, you have three hack slots. Um, and so you can hack two level one systems and one level two, and then you're done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, it just seems a bit weird. It does, um, so yeah. I don't want to criticize the systems yet, but I just did. So spell abilities are just like that, right? So um, y- you can swing a sword, and um, that's an ability that you have, and you have that ability. It might get better or worse depending on your circumstances, uh, but you have that ability as long as you're basically up and functioning. Mm-hmm. And so, same with hacking, um, and same with spellcasting, perhaps. Right. So, now um, to find D spell abilities that you can actually use at an unlimited number of times—that's that's not so easy to find. I, I was um, like in Second Edition, you typically had spell like abilities that actually function like slots like you you can use this ability once a day Mm -hmm. three times a day whatever something like that yeah um and like the uh, the drow elf had certain abilities like levitate and things like that and Mm -hmm. darkness that they could cast a certain number of times a day a certain number of times -hmm. yeah but now yeah so now what's what i can never remember what what is um austin's character
0: oh um warlock yeah, he was a warlock. Yeah, so the yeah. warlock
1: has... What's that ridiculous spell that... Eldritch um, Blast. <laughs> Eldritch yeah. Blast. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Eldritch Blast is... I mean, there are, you know, memes about this where uh, uh, it's just like... The the abilities of the the warlock are essentially like you could do anything else or Eldritch Blast. And uh-huh. it's the hand going to the Eldritch <laughs> Blast to, <laughs> to slap that button over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, so we I think we talked about spamming, right? So spamming Eldr- Eldritch Blast. Um, but why wouldn't you? Because it's an absurdly powerful spell. And if you can cast it literally every round,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's a spell ability. So it never runs out of uses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and that came in in third edition, I think.
0: Yeah, that was third yeah. edition. There is an Elders Blast in 5th edition, but I think it's a normal spell now.
1: <gasps> Pathetic.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we were just talking about... So, cantrips now, and there are attack cantrips. I think it's um, the Vine Strike, something like that. There's, like, a, a Cleric attack cantrip. But the thing is that it, it I think it does something like 1d6 or 1d4, mm. which at first level, that's a pretty, pretty good attack. But as you get higher and higher... I don't know if it's one of the ones that like your cantrips get better in ability so like a a level 10 cleric might be able to do divine smite or whatever at um uh or like at 3d6 or 5d6 or something instead of 1d6
1: this is good so actually um clerics um the turn undead uh ability um from second edition is a spell like ability uh that could be used unlimited number of times you know so and not against the same population twice Uh, but you can hit, you you could use it multiple, you could use it basically as many times as you wanted. And it is also something that scales up with levels. So as you increase in levels, um, you automatically just, just destroy. So if you look on the table, um, it used to say like T, you automatically turn undead, which means you make them kind of cow in fear, Mm -hmm. um, cower in fear. Um, and if you, uh, then it would go up to a, I think a D with a star, um, and that was you destroy a certain number of them, and so just by like brandishing your holy symbol and saying some words of power, um, you, you can just obliterate some undead. Uh, and then you could just like next round turn and face a different group, obliterate them perhaps. Right. So mm-hmm. um, even in second edition, there was something like that. Uh,
0: it's okay. A sacred flame. Sorry, sacred flame was the one that I was.
1: Let's hear. It. What does it say?
0: Um. So this is you. It's just a, a flame that does radiant damage, um, and at first level. Is 1d8 and when you will reach fifth level it's 2d8, 11th level 3d8, and 17th level 4d8. Okay. So, but that's a cantrip and so you can cast it every round if you want to.
1: Yeah, powerful. Yeah. Cool. Okay, um, so there you go. So that's one that um, is a zero level spell ability, um, but its power increases. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, so that's a clear combination of these general systems we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so in my mind, we've talked about the spell slots, we've talked about spell points, and we've talked about spell abilities. Are they all pretty clear?
0: Uh, I believe so. Okay.
1: Now let's talk about um, three wrinkles, uh, and the three challenges, we can call them that. So the first one is, uh, and, and remember, challenges can sometimes be overcome. It's just a question of um, how grave a challenge do they pose and what does that require of you in order to overcome the challenge? Uh, So the first one is um, the problem of spent points, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, or spent spells, maybe we could call it. Uh, It's most severe, I think, in the form of that level one wizard in D&D, right? Mm -hmm. So you're you're spent after one. (laughs) You cast one spell in the day. Mm -hmm. um, And just given the kind of character that you are, uh, now you have only the weakest weapons available to you. You're the least likely character to score a hit. You have the worst armor. You have the fewest hit points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so essentially the party has to protect you the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now some people might say, well, that's only at first level. They become more powerful over time. That might be true, but there's not um, – yeah, so this – I don't want to get too far off topic, but um, there's not a time in which you have to spend the vast majority of your adventuring time shielding one party member based on their class. Even rogues um, can do enough damage in combat and have decent armor and dexterity that they can they can pr- they're not going to be frontline fighters all the time, but some of them can. Um, so and it's not like this ever happens to anyone else. clerics can wear heavier armor warriors can stand on the front line and fight. Mm. there's not this time where for several levels and really in D and d for the wizard, it's the first four levels mm. you have to protect this character because. They can't do anything yeah. after they cast their, their one or couple spells. Um, and so this is the problem. Yeah. So what happens when your spell points are gone or your spell list is gone? And I think it most obviously affects uh, people with very low numbers. So um, slots um, or spell points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Uh, and uh, the answer tends to be they just become a regular character after that, like a regular person, but they're not especially regular, at least not in D&D. So it's something yeah. for the, the system to deal with.
0: They're not balanced with the party. Mm-hmm. They might just be like an an NPC level sort of bystander level, but
1: I think it's a fair way of putting it. If we've mm-hmm. talked about zero level characters um, that was a, a thing from second edition those are just like people standing around on the streets. Um, the wizard without spells at levels like one and two is like that mm-hmm. so um, okay, so I think it's the biggest problem for D&D second edition, uh, but it might be a problem for other spell slot games, Um, especially once you run out of lower-level spells, and now you're thinking, I have to cast a spell. I'm going to have to use my higher-level spell here, right? So you might end up burning higher-level spell slots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then burn through spells more quickly than you would have to otherwise, if you were using a point system. Mm. So if you were using – so maybe we should switch over and talk about – well, points here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're if you were using a point system, then if you use like a one spell point and then one spell point and then one spell point and then one, I think in Merp uh, you could start off with uh, four or five spell points at first level. Mm-hmm. So at least that's four or five spells, uh, which is better than one. Yeah. Right? Um, but you know, not a lot better. Yeah. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So uh yeah so both of those offer the opportunity of running out of uh spell abilities just by or spell spells just Mm -hmm. by using your points um is that a problem it just depends right so they're the only one who has to really uh, spell casters are the only one who has to kind of balance um using up like it's not like again it's not like the fighter uses up their toughness Mm -hmm. i mean they have hit points right but they don't have just this fighting ability and uh rogues Um, rogues have spell like abilities in D and D and that they can like hide in shadows, sneak, pick locks. And and again, it's not like they're like, I can't pick that lock. Yeah. I just did it twice today. And it's like, (laughs) no, you don't lose that uh, ability. Uh, so, um, it's. Mostly spellcasters. I don't talk as much about clerics in 2nd edition, clerics having this problem yeah. in 2nd edition, uh, because they had bonus spells based on high wisdom, and we always played characters with decent scores, so they might start off with, like, 3 spells in a day, which, again, is a hell of a lot better than one spell. That's and,
0: really, yeah they're, yeah. they're also, they can do damage when mm-hmm. they're out of spells. they yes. Like, they're, they're very powerful kind of characters.
1: And in 2nd edition, they only require 1,500 experience for 2nd level, As where a wizard required twenty five hundred, so you we talked about this. Like you would find your cleric is level three when your wizard is level two, and the cleric would be so much more powerful Mm -hmm. than the level one wizard.
0: And I think we also talked about like like wizards had less chance of getting experience, like in certain ways of playing experience. Yeah, in
1: certain ways, yeah.
0: So it was even harder for wizards to get the experience they needed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you so uh, this go, probably goes back to E for experience, right?
0: Yeah. So I think if so.
1: if you um, award experience just for landing the killing blow, uh, then wizards are almost never going to land the killing blow unless yeah. they purposely wait and hold their spell to kill that thing and steal a kill from someone else. Yeah. Just so they can level up. Yeah. So those are you know those are system problems. Like th- those are specific game problems. I guess I should say. Mm. Um, so spell slots just poses the problem of. Well let's think about the uh, let's think about spent points no let's let's talk about what I'll call system nuance. So the first one the challenge is spent spent spells like what do you do once your spells are gone? Yeah second one is system nuance. So what spell slots requires uh, is that now you have to devise, a level of spells, right? So you need, here. here's a first level spell, here's a second, here's a third, here's a, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to come up with this whole different piece of machinery that that there isn't a kind of comparison piece for. It's not like you pick up a sword and, like, this is a level 17 sword. Um, like, like often happens in in video games, right? Yeah, like, you can't, yeah, yeah. this weapon's too powerful for you. <laughs> you can't use it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, yeah, that sounds weird to me, but whatever, right? So that's, that's not the point here. Um, it's just, there's no such thing for other other things, except for spells, like that—that's that, just way too powerful to you for you to use. So way you too
0: powerful for you to use. You
1: can't cast a second-level spell if you have only a level one spell slot. Spell slot.
0: So, are you talking about known spells, or was that a different? Sorry.
1: No, no, no. So you need to come up with a metric
0: to uh, tell us mm-hmm. what
1: where what kind of slot is this. Yeah. Or you don't. In which case, like, hey, you can cast one spell today. Okay, I'm gonna cast um, the most powerful spell there is and just like end the world. And you're like, oh well, you can't do that one. So um, yeah. then, then we, so we need a metric for it. This is the major problem just of a magic system. This is not a special problem uh, for one of these approaches. We need a metric. And with slots, then you have to kind of spell them out into levels. Yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, with points, you need a point cost. Yeah which might not be the same as levels. So Merp and Rollmaster, I think, are good attempts to get points converted into levels. Um, but that game uh, Mage, uh, the Ascension, We remember we looked at... Uh, I, I was telling you about the, their magic system. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 the, the one... I don't think we ever mentioned that on a podcast. you want to mention the that one spell that we found? That was hilarious. Do you remember it?
1: Oh, I don't remember. Oh, uh, was it Set It On Fire Later? Set yeah. It
0: On Fire Tomorrow. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I think we found this on Reddit. So we... Um, so look, let me give you the third challenge really quickly. And then okay, it'll make okay, sense okay. here. So, well, so system nuance, right, uh, is just the idea that um, there are already rules in place for doing so much stuff in an RPG. And then magic comes along and you think, uh, okay, we need different rules for magic. So the system nuance idea is magic is its own system, its own minigame. If you go back and look, look at M for game. Mi- M for minigame. M for minigame. Right. So magic could become its own system. And the the third challenge is what I call the toggle, right? So it's your, you know, your um, kind of turning a switch back and forth, thinking about simplicity versus how cool can you be, right? Mm -hmm. So how cool can the system be? Um, And Mage the Ascension, I I think, says, yeah, we don't need uh, this simplicity stuff, right? We'll just make a really cool magic system. That's the name of the game, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's all about magic using Uh, And so they have a fantastic, complex magic system. Mm -hmm. That's what the toggle is. So how do we fight back and forth between these two? So where do we put um, the difficulty versus the complex? uh, Yeah, I guess the ease versus the complexity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you want complexity for either like reality's sake, like for realistic simulation's sake, Mm -hmm. um, or for um, just coolness, right? So cool factor. Uh, So. I'm going to take a really quick pause and just think about... Remember we looked at that DBZ? Do you remember the DBZ role-playing game, uh, Fusion RPG?
0: I don't remember anything about it. I remember knowing it exists.
1: I mean, as I recall, there were these spell abilities that you could do, but you could power up. And so, you know, when you watch an episode and it's 12 minutes of powering up, (laughs) that might be, let's just say every round that you power up, um, you're able to put more points into a spell. This is the equivalent, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so in round one you can put i'll just throw out a number um you can as many as you are level so let's just say you're a level five spellcaster. you're like in round one you can pump five points into it in round two you can add five more in round three you can add five more let's just suppose you have 20 points so after four rounds like you pump you save up and pump all your points into this one skill this is really cool i think right so in like so in in the party, people are like, oh, man, we got to protect the spellcaster because as soon as this, <laughs> this spell gets out there, it's going to devastate people. That's really cool, I think, right? So you're uh-huh. protecting this spellcaster. And then they unleash this just absurdly powerful spell. Um, that's really cool. But it becomes more complex now because now that system has to allow you to pump up to 20 points into a, you know, four times more points into a spell. And so what, what does that do? Yeah. Um, all right. So spent spells system nuance and then that toggle just thinking back and forth about these things mm-hmm. uh so um yeah so here's an interesting idea to think about spell points okay mm-hmm. uh suppose that you have a 20th level spellcaster, right um and let's just suppose that we're doing some kind of system where we just have this spell that it just does um I like one die four plus one because that's magic missile, right? And that's a first level spell. So let's just say it's like a first level attack spell. So that's like one spell point, okay? And then suppose we allow characters in this system to save up or to pump extra points into the spell up to their level, their caster level. And so now we have someone who has, let's just say they have at least 20 casting points, spell points. And so they want to cast magic missile as a 20th level spell. Mm -hmm. And so now their spell does 20 four-sided dice plus 20 okay mm-hmm. uh, so that's what 40 to 100 damage um even at that point um that's one spell and then that's 20 points gone right um and a, a 20th level warrior can probably do about that damage in a normal round without having to pump any extra points into it 40 to 100 yeah i mean maybe i, I mean As I, have characters I don't, I don't who know
0: can. what what are you saying 20th D yeah. and D or twentieth Merc? Twenty
1: Twentieth. Well, whatever. So think about that was a like a that was a fake spell I made up. Like mm-hmm. that was a second edition spell that I made up. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 My um, I have a warrior uh, who's only twelfth level, thirteenth level in D and D, and he can probably hit for like seventy damage in a typical round, mm-hmm. maybe more. Right. Um, not doing anything special, just swinging long swords a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, three times. So now the the right if. if Ma- if magic is supposed to be this really cool thing then you have to allow people or the challenges or the temptation is to allow people to do really cool stuff with it but mm-hmm. then the system just has to get more complicated yeah that's what i mean by the toggle right so just keep oh it's um every spell is just the same right mm-hmm. um it's like um here's a sword swing the next round i'm gonna do a sword swing and there's not a lot of nuance there. Like there might be maneuvers that you can do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it's always just swinging a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can swing a sword this round and next round and next round and next round and not worry about, uh-oh, I used all my sword swings for the day. So this is the, the major challenge with magic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so let's – we'll pause here and take stock. Okay. Do all the challenges make sense, right? So what happens when we have um, spent spells, right? So they're gone now. Mm -hmm. Um, now one shall we talk about some possible responses here so one possible response to the spent spells is just like yeah that's right so you're a magic user um, and if you or you have magic abilities um, and if you use those abilities then you're gone until you get them back and that can be done really well in some games like I think it was done well in um, Stranger Things I think that um, Eleven using her magic and like losing it for a while that's done really well Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I, I, I think that works well so the problem isn't a spell um, – it's not the – whether you're doing spell slots or points or abilities. Um, it's how does the system handle the problem of running out of points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I'm least concerned about spells, the spent spells. I don't think that's an especially huge problem. I think just some games do it especially poorly, and that's mm-hmm. D&D second edition, um, especially low levels. System nuance. Yo. How many spells can you remember offhand, Um, like uh, the following components? What level they are, the area of effect, the duration, the range, the um, material, like what components do they have, casting time
0: none yeah yeah uh
1: and so now it's been a long time since i played second edition and i take it that back in the day i knew a lot of those rules but i can't remember i can remember literally none of them
0: i can remember pieces of rules mm-hmm. so like i know magic missile the casting time is in action and duration is just one round or mm-hmm. uh, instantaneous, instantaneous actually i think it is so i know like those pieces, but like components, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't, have we talked about verbal somatic material?
2: Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, I don't think
0: we need to, we're planning to talk about that this episode, but like, so stuff like that.
1: that. So I'll pause and just say that's a cool system nuance piece, right? So, um, do you need to say things? Do you need to move your body in some kind of way? I mean, do you need some kind of material component? That's a really cool piece. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in most groups i played in, that you don't play with them. Yeah. Right, so... um, Because it's super
0: limiting. Yeah. Like, because they normally, in D&D and 5th edition, um, it's either you have to just own the piece and have it with you while you're casting the spell, or it's, like, a high cost. Mm -hmm. Like, 50 gold when you're a level 1, or, like, thousands of gold when you're, you know, a higher level. Like, they're they're set to be very... uh,
1: a diamond valued at at least 10,000 gold pieces, I think, is the material component for one spell in yeah, D&D. Yeah, yeah. And it's not an, I don't think it's a ninth level spell either. Like a, no, no, no. It's just like a...
0: No, that's a pretty... Yeah. That sounds like a 6th or 7th level spell. Like, that's not that yeah. bad.
1: Yeah. So that's, those, that's one of those cases where sometimes there are rules that sound so cool. You think, oh, yeah, this is how spells should be. And mm. then people end up not using them. There are some others that I think are really interesting. Um, encumbrance sounds really cool you're just carrying too much stuff and then people just like look as long as you're under um your weight allowance you can just sprint at full speed so yeah yeah, you can carry 600 pounds (laughs) and sprint at full speed just because it's too much bookkeeping for most people i think yeah
0: it's just additional stuff
1: uh so if a lot of what you're designing in your rpg in your magic system ends up just being stuff that people won't use Yeah, maybe you don't need it. Maybe it's just an optional rule then. Mm -hmm. So I like material components, for instance, as an optional rule. And I like giving people bonuses uh, to spells if they do verbal and um, semantic components or somatic components.
0: you're saying if the player acts it out? Yeah. Okay.
1: I like that. Yeah. Wow. I like that.
0: (laughs) This is edging on LARP, Daya. No,
1: no, no. Think about when... Fireball, um, Fireball,
0: fireball, fireball. I think
1: you mean... Lightning Bolt. Light, <laughs>
0: right uh, it was lightning Bolt. <laughs> uh,
1: well, it, where's, why not allow people to do that? And if they want to do it, and if we want a game that's fun and exciting, people do it.
0: a <laughs> <When I laughs> game that's fun and exciting. Okay. Yeah. What's yeah. on LARP? Nothing. I'm just saying this is <laughs> an extreme.
1: Uh, let the record show that Victoria talked trash about LARPers in episode S for
0: I'm the one who edits these. Oh, I'm yeah, edit sure this enough.
1: Out. <laughs> um, I'm sure it might be LARPy. Um, yeah. 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 All right, good. So, Toria. Father. What is our pitch?
0: I'm not quite sure. I I think we've gone back and forth, and I think it is spell points or no, 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 spell abilities.
1: Yeah. See, uh, so, um, I, the, that's fair, right? So, um, it's mostly a spell abilities approach because I, I just find that hacking example so compelling, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but spell points in a sense, right? So, um, we have settled on this measure that is known as strain points, right? Uh, now full confession, this can be part of the hack and slash. We have not worked out the mechanics for this at this point.
0: So, not not fully. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, saying not fully might be going too far even. So, okay. Um, this is uh, some kind of infantile ideas at this point, right? So um, I really like the idea of spell abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but two problems suggest themselves, right? Um, so one of them is... Um, how how are we going to resolve spells right Mm -hmm. so so spells have to have um this this kind of measure right we so we have to have a sense of how powerful a spell is which means that we need something like i mean ideally like one measure which is would be like a spell level so Mm -hmm. uh, this is a level nine spell Mm -hmm. um, or maybe multiples right so for um if you think about it in terms of an attack which we already have rules for Um, Every attack has an offensive modifier and a force, right? Uh, And so the offensive modifier is how likely we are to land a successful blow, and then the force is how much damage is that going to threaten when we do it. So um, I could see us settling on two metrics, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or one metric, right? Uh, And so uh, the idea is that what these two things would be, uh, one would determine, um, would factor into whether you succeed in casting the spell, um, and the other one would uh, be the strain, right? So how, um, how much strain does that give you to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so this idea of strain, so we need at least, at least one metric here, but possibly two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the idea would be that um, a more powerful spell should in general be um, more difficult to cast and more likely to strain you. Mm-hmm. And weaker spells should be more likely to succeed and less likely to strain you.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's starting to sound like we're going to need a third mechanic, though, which is how big of an effect and different types of effects.
1: Yeah, so, uh, but I, I, no, I think that that can all be put into um, the characteristics of, like, we could call it, like, the magnitude of the spell or the whatever, right? Okay. Does does that make sense? Yeah. When I say how powerful it is, I see, right? So you Mm -hmm. might be thinking that this just means, like, how much damage does it do?
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. if it is a damaging spell, Mm -hmm. how much damage does it do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... So not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, the magnitude of a spell, and again, if that sounds ridiculous, w- I mean it. Maybe it is, right? So to to have one, I was just thinking like, um, we already have rules for various weapons. Mm-hmm. So um, a fist, a dagger, a short sword, mm-hmm. a long sword a two-handed sword, a shotgun, right, mm. uh, going up, something like that, like one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever that was, right? So mm. those are the forces on those weapons. Um, and maybe uh, the idea, yeah, maybe the idea is that magic is so powerful that this is this is the, always the struggle with it. So um, if we're just talking about damage, like if, hey, here's a spell that does attack stuff. Well, all right, we have an attack system, so we know how to figure that out. Mm. Um, here's a spell that is a alteration of appearance.
2: Mm.
1: We don't have rules for that. No. Yeah so uh, we have general rules right mm-hmm. so the more successful the spell is the more difficulty that would impose on someone trying to determine who you are is, what what spell did i give you alter, uh, alter alter, yeah yeah um so uh maybe a spell that has a higher um i, I don't even remember what i call the metric magnitude mm-hmm. right I don't like that word, but we'll just go with it for now because it's magic and magnitude. So, the uh, spell with a higher magnitude, right, um, if successful, would make it that. Um, let's see. So, a high level magnitude deception spell like that and mm-hmm. a low level magnitude deception spell. Low level deception spell, much more likely to succeed, uh, and maybe it would fool strangers, uh, but it would be very easy for your friends and family to spot through the illusion. Is, so far, so good? Yeah. Um, the high level magnitude, um, kind of more likely to fail Mm -hmm. at it. But if you did succeed, then even friends and family would be difficult, uh, have a difficult time seeing through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the things I'm thinking about.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, when to roll for strain, still not sure. Still not sure. Maybe only when you fail casting a spell.
0: Yeah. I remember we went back and forth on this a lot. Yeah. You know, um, it, there's something
1: to having you roll either way, but it might be compli- just overly complicating. Mm-hmm. So um, if you are – suppose if you're translating uh, – I, I don't hack, so I don't know. But if you're translating uh, like, a, like a a text that's challenging and it's taking a long time, then when you succeed at the end, it's not like you're like, I'm totally refreshed now, right? Yeah. I, I could go for it again. So you might actually be – not not that you're unable to, but it's just harder now. Yeah. Uh, and so – yeah, I'm not sure that success alleviates all the strain, but this is that toggle question, right? So would people rather play a game where when they succeed, all is forgiven, right? Yeah. Um, uh, or one where, no, I worked really hard, so I get it. I understand that I'm slowed down now or I'm uh, less able to combat stuff. Ooh, Maybe we should talk about what strain is.
0: Yeah, it's a good idea. I was yeah. thinking about that.
1: Um, Yeah, so the general idea behind strain is that it's kind of like hit points, but, you know, for psychic stuff. Uh, And so if you have a lower, if you suffer strain damage, or strain, we'll just call it, um, then um, you're less able to resist further straining things. Um, And you can become uh, incapacitated through uh, strain in the same way that you can become incapacitated through uh, physical damage. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the idea.
0: Yeah. And uh, you were saying that it it would be like a lot of things, not just magic would contribute to strain. Yes. Right? So it would be even hacking Mm -hmm. was an example like that will strain you uh, if you do it for... Yeah, I
1: think... um, Anything that uh, requires repeated um, concentration like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I also like the idea, we've talked about psychic damage in the past, I kind of like the idea of um, horror checks and the like to fall under strain. So it just gives us two characteristics, right? So one kind of strainy thing and one kind of hit pointy thing. Yeah. yeah, Two measures.
0: I like it. Yeah. I'm into it. I like the, it's nice and simple even though it's complex like it's more rules than uh, some systems have or it's adjacent to some systems Mm -hmm. but it 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 breaks down nicely it's like physical and then some sort of mental or psychic or something yeah yeah
1: so at this point we could turn over to um hack and slash now i know that you know we haven't given a great amount to work with uh so so the pitches is what um so we like an abilities based thing that incorporates strain so um it's abilities but with limitations right so Mm -hmm. uh, you can't just do i mean you could just keep doing a super easy spell over and over and over and over and over again forever probably Mm -hmm. um a hundred million times in a day uh, depending on the casting time um but uh you could also limit yourself by trying to cast difficult spells and there's good reason why you might do that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we have some ideas also. Remember we talked about um, like spells from the hip, I was calling them, uh, and rituals, uh, ritual magic? Yeah. Um, that is not something that we're ready to talk about much more than okay. at this point just to say spells from the hip would be like when you're out on the adventure casting a spell and you're solo and you're doing it. But these ritual magic things would be like, you know, you and a bunch of people get together and I don't know, you take a week to commune with nature uh, and, the, and the, the number of people involved and, and the time spent at it makes it impracticable for taking on an adventure with you, uh, but could be way more powerful than a mm-hmm. spell that you could summon up on the spot.
0: And maybe way less likely to cause strain yes. because you're taking so many precautions.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 And now that we have made the pitch, it mm-hmm. was a change-up, um, we can move on to... Hakun Slash. All right.
0: Alright, so I do have some questions. So we've talked a lot about stuff like um, the the magnitude or the power level of spells and how those are spent, but we haven't... So in our system, and a refresher for people who aren't so familiar, um, we've got a very open-ended sort of system where... People can, within reason, state the things that they're interested in learning and sort of have those apply in broad ways mm-hmm. to what they want to accomplish. So in that way, uh, what are your thoughts on, like, how, how do you get to, say, casting a fireball at somebody? What sort of um, skills would you need to take in order to be able to cast a fireball. Um, In a world, we're we're assuming it's a world that already has magic. Yeah. And not like you're in a really, like, a a just normal modern-day setting, um, and you're like, I want to cast a fireball right now. Because in our system, like, you can attempt to try to hack the Pentagon even though you've never touched a computer in your life. You've just got a really high penalty for it Mm -hmm. and are really likely to fail. Yeah. Yeah. So a non-magical person could attempt to... Blow up the whole universe if they wanted to try.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting question. So, uh, and there are two pieces to it, right? Well, mm-hmm. three. So the first one is just like, so uh, these ideas are so inchoate at this idea that we just I don't know. Yeah. But, all right, but so that's the disclaimer. Um, now, two things. um So one of them is um, about a cool fix that someone imposes, and this is mage. Um, and then the I'll talk about the hour-specific thing. So. There has to be some kind of general way of figuring out, um, yeah, what is possible, mm-hmm. right? um, Philosophers have some interesting ways of thinking about this. So roughly, if you can imagine it, then it's possible. There are lots of things that you cannot actually imagine. If you really understand the concepts you're employing, that you, you just can't imagine them. So you can't imagine a square circle is just one example. Um, maybe you can exa- uh, imagine a circle – Um, circle-y or a square-y looking thing that has rounded corners, but that's neither a square nor a circle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So you fail to imagine a square circle, Mm -hmm. if that's what you think of it. Um, And so um, the thing has to be possible. It's just to say whatever you're trying to do has to be possible. Um, And maybe we should leave it up to individual gaming worlds to figure out what might be possible in a gaming world, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Your character has to have a way, I take it, a way of... So, whether it's possible in the world is one thing. So, whether your character could see a way through to, to doing this is another question. Mm-hmm. And so, this is part of the reason why. Um, so, suppose someone uh, puts level like uh, one point in illusionist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now they have an idea of how to vanish a lot of stuff,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Um, and they put a second point in it. And now they, they can see, like, maybe they're faster and better at uh, making typical stuff vanish. And they learn some new other ways of making stuff vanish. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to level three, right? So three becomes really uh, a really compelling level. So level three is essentially expertise in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I take it that um, this would be the equivalent of, um, so someone who... Um, I don't want to do hacking. I, so suppose someone has never seen a car before. I think we talked about this. in Yeah. DC2, right. So, yeah. So someone who has never seen a car before says, I'm going to drive that car. And the idea is essentially like you won't because the, there's no such thing as you are understanding what a car is or that it can be driven or anything like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, uh, and adding points to it increases. So suppose someone has like level one in automobiles, which might be like, i driven a car for 20 years, I've, you know, um, changed the oil, whatever. And then someone asks you, hey, um, if you can uh, change the uh, transmission in that car, I'll give you $10,000. I'll be honest, I take it that most people who have driven for 20 years and have changed oil um, can't. like change a transmission. No, uh, they could look it up and take some time and and all this stuff, right, and get some help um, and maybe accomplish it, probably do a terrible job of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Magic has to work something similarly, right? So there just have to be some things I think that um, if you train as an illusionist and you say, I'm going to, like, conjure a 33, (laughs) oh, sorry, a magical thing that consumes 33 10 by 10 by 10 cubes, Uh right, Um, and hits for, Oh, I don't know what, what damage that would be. Um, it's it, something like it, in our game, that would be something like, Oh man, something like a, a nine force attack, something like that, which is, um, kind of absurd. Uh, so that would be something like the attack would be like more than two long sword attacks, right? I mean, it would just be tremendous damage. So a nine force attack would almost certainly incapacitate you immediately. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, can the illusionist do that? I, I'm not at all convinced that they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, could they make an illusory uh, fireball? Yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, one of the cool lessons, I think, from Mage... Oh, we never talked about that spell, by the way. Oh, no, yeah. we didn't. One of the cool things about Mage, uh, the game, is that it um, it gives you these kind of building blocks, Right. Uh, so if you want to, um, if there's already a fire source and you're just going to take the fire source and like swoop that out at people, that's a lot easier than creating fire from nothing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Creating fire from nothing might even be impossible in your world. I don't know. Mage fixes that by introducing this spell called source, which is just allows you to be a source of whatever element you want to introduce. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's no fire in the setting. Fine. You're, it's, you're underwater. Fine. Then you cast source and now you have fire underwater, right? I guess mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that, thats that one sounds that one. wild for some reason. No <laughs> uh, fire
0: in the air, but you can make a fire sounds totally fine. Fire in the water.
1: I get uh, you. What if you build a little aerated bubble mm-hmm. and then put fire inside it? Yes <laughs> Okay um, okay, so how does that sound? That's a that's a long answer right? yeah. to try to make this point that um, that this will always be a challenge with our system is that we have to come up with ways of expressing possibilities. Um, Mm -hmm. And and we're sticking to this roughly plus three to minus three for the range in which people should feel comfortable, comfortable to play. If you get into the minus four plus four range, you should understand that that's really plus four. There's not really much sense to roll for it. Mm -hmm. Like you're so that's just because of what's going on here. Suppose Victoria is wondering like, Hey, I'm going to try to pet my cat. Can I do that? And like, Oh, you're plus five. It's like, well, why roll? Yeah. Um, So you accidentally punch the cat in the face as you go in? (laughs) Maybe, but you don't have to roll. Um, uh, As opposed to if you hear in-game, oh, what's my modifier to do, blah, blah, blah. And you hear, it's minus four. (laughs) That should be one of those situations where you rethink. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, Wow, minus four, that's likely to get me, not just likely to have me fail, um but like i might be critically failed mm-hmm. um, or if this new category this decisively failed uh, which is where it's so bad
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that it kind of ends the scene all right mage introduces a thing they have these things called paradoxes And I don't claim to be an expert in mage, the system, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea is that if you try to do things that kind of by the laws of nature shouldn't happen, so if you go around maybe creating fire underwater all the time, um, it creates these paradoxes. Um, And those are, uh, this may not be exactly right, right? But these are kind of forces that try to set the order right again. Um, And so maybe a character does succeed in doing something that is either impossible, let's just say. I I don't know. I don't like that word. Uh, But let's say it's something that... um, violates the natural order like you're going around and you're bringing uh dead people back to life it creates this paradox which is this kind of maybe us um a death uh, like a sickness starts spreading killing everything to set things back right Mm -hmm. yeah okay so that's a cool way in which system rules uh can spell uh spill over into um rp world stuff okay how was that Sounds good. I said there were three answers. Part one is, it's early, we don't know. Part two is, it, here's why it's so complicated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Part three is that that mage idea, like the way that this system can spill over into the gaming world and give you more resources to work with. So that's cool. what I think.
0: Yeah, um, sounds good. I'm trying to think of, was there anything else in hack and slash that I needed to bring up I wanted to bring up?
1: Well, we already talked about them, you know, this metric or possibly two metrics that mm-hmm. we need, um, and that's something to think about. That's that's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So. Skills in illusion uh, that doesn't make you a good fireball caster. That was part of your hack and slash. That's a good point, right?
0: Yeah, I remember we had talked about we had talked about magnitude before,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and some other sort of traits yes. that might define your like magic casting stuff. And I remember we had some good ideas. Like, we were using illusion as our sort of example.
2: Yeah.
0: And we were talking about, like, um, uh, so, like, changing the appearance of something that is a dresser into, like, just a different kind of dresser uh, Mm -hmm. would be an easier, maybe like a a plus two sort of role. Yeah. Um, Whereas making a whole new dresser is kind of difficult. Yeah. uh, so that might be like a straight roll, just a D twenty. Um and then could we come up with any sort of illusionary examples? Like I guess making yourself look like a dresser. Yeah. Or making yourself look smaller than you are mm-hmm. might be more difficult. Yeah. And and
1: maybe even like to have someone at first glance, like I'm just going to stand in the corner and, you know, make myself really, um, like difficult to notice Mm -hmm. is very different from, I'm going to stand in front of this person, um, you know, and be invisible. Yeah. Might be different, might be different, right? So if you can already be kind of in a remote place or something like that, um, I like the dresser example, right? So we have a dresser right over there. Mm -hmm. Um, it's what color? I don't know. Dark brown. Dark brown. All right. So suppose someone says, I want to make it appear black that's not even a difficult spell like we could in the real world um put a
0: a green light on it so the red disappears yeah
1: or uh but yeah there are other things i want to make a matching dresser over here that's more difficult Mm -hmm. make one up here just for a few moments okay that's not especially hard Mm -hmm. Um, you know we know that people can be tricked into perceiving things or thinking they perceive things at least um, in pretty subtle ways, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, you know this is one of the reasons why that's the power of illusions is that they're relatively easy to do, and then the weakness of illusions is that once someone sees through them, then that's yeah. the end of the illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so illusions have that interesting thing that they're probably uh, easier to cast and get away with uh, than devastating fireballs that do thirty-three what thousand, 33, cubic area. Oh. which is kind of ridiculous so yeah
0: crazy good i think so yeah i mean we still obviously have work to do just yeah. to to throw that out there for the podcast but yeah. um i think we're at a place that we could start like testing out different ideas mm-hmm. uh if we were to play yes uh, which is pretty exciting to me yeah, it was a place on. where we.
1: Yeah, it was a thing that I had delayed the introduction of magic into our setting, and some people started unlocking magical talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, mm, yeah, now now we could try it. So see yeah. how it goes, and that would be pretty exciting. And we would report back, mm-hmm. uh, of course.
0: Of so. course. So. Which we're we're getting pretty close, by the way. This is us. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. True. End of the alphabet's coming up. Yeah, T. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we went through.
1: T for treasure? Is
0: T for Travis? It? T for Travis. I think that's it. T for the T for Tiny. T for Tiny. Tiny is my cat. We're going to have a whole episode about her. Uh,
1: T for trolls.
0: Trolling the Trolling. game or <laughs> uh, trolls in a fantasy setting?
1: Yeah. Why not both? Mm, yeah. Something to think about. So there are a lot of good episodes or a lot of good things we could think through on T. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so shall we recap? Sure. Um, So this has been about spells, um, and in particular about a spell system. So um, spell systems that use slots, um, or spell systems that use points, or that view spells as abilities. Um, And we talked through three kind of challenges. um, The spell points, or sorry, the spent spells. Mm -hmm. So what happens when your spells are gone. I'm not especially worried about spent spells as a system problem. Um, it's a specific problem for like one game that I know of, like D&D. Mm. And other than that, no biggie. Um, now system nuance does introduce some wrinkles and it's, it's, a, it's a problem, right? So um, if magic is going to be any different from anything else that you have going on in your game, it it threatens to be more complicated in certain ways. So, that, And that's clearly our problem uh, to mm-hmm. deal with. Uh, because we're this generic game, um, and we're a kind of, uh, I don't know what you want to call this, freeform type of game. Mm. Uh, so it requires some guidelines. We have to come up with some guidelines to help people make decisions about these things. Um, yeah, and so that's something we're working on. So we need at least one metric, possibly two. Um, we're going to develop this idea of strain, and we can always think about those cool spillovers from uh, that, that spill over from the system into the game like paradoxes or like whatever Which I kind of like. All
2: right.
1: All
2: right.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: All right. Well, then. Well, then.
0: This has been Victoria.
1: And I have been Travis. And you've been listening to Dungeon. Dungeon Chatter.
0: Hey there! Thanks for listening to episode 19. If you want more dungeon chatter, please check us out at dungeonchatter.com or follow us on Twitter at dungeonchatter. And if you liked our show, it'd be super cool if you left a review on iTunes and told your friends who are also into RPG stuff, or maybe curious about RPG stuff, or maybe completely indifferent to RPGs entirely, we think might still enjoy this. We'd definitely appreciate it. Our next episode, Tea for Treasure. We'll be out in two weeks on Monday, October 7th, so we hope to see you then. Thanks again for listening.